0: How are you doing in your prayer life? On today's episode of Entrust Equipping Leaders, we get in on some great examples about prayer from Christians living in Serbia. Our host, Lori Lind, chats with Entrust staff member Lynn Blasi about some of the whens, wheres, hows, and whys of prayer that she's learned from Roma and Serbian Christians.
1: i love to open this podcast episode with a story for me, if you have one.
2: I have a great prayer story. It's, it's an ongoing one. <laughs> we, uh, we're connected with um, a number of churches here, but there's a, a really little church in our city of Novi Sad that meets on Saturday evenings. And when Jim and I are not uh, busy doing other ministry work at other churches, we like to attend this little church. and We just love the pastor. And when I say the church is little, uh, on a good night, um, there's maybe 20 people there, but it's a church that has a lot of broken people, a high percentage. Now you might think, well, we're all broken. I agree, we are. But these are folks who on a daily basis, deal with really big struggles in their lives. Some people are not believers, but every Saturday night they gather together because of Dragan, the pastor. He is such a good shepherd. He loves his people. And a few weeks ago, he was reading Nehemiah, and he sensed that God was asking him to begin a 52-day uh, prayer journey for the whole church, inviting everyone at the church to attend. So every morning from 8 to 9, anyone who can can gather either in person or online and pray. And we're not even halfway through the 52 days. But the goal of the prayer was to seek God tear down some of the dividing walls in the church. And in just a few weeks, we have seen God do amazing things in many lives in this church. And so it's been just a real blessing for Jim and me. And it just really honed in again for me the importance of corporate prayer within the body of Christ um in the west it is in my opinion too neglected it's not a priority in most churches my experience is the churches in the east oh they do corporate prayer really well and perhaps that's why churches are growing in the east and in the west churches are really struggling i just really um love corporate prayer. I see it as such a gift from God, and I would love to see more Western churches make it a priority.
1: And when he said praying about the barriers or the divisions in the church, does he mean that one little church, or does he mean the the church universal?
2: Uh, Initially, it was for this little church. However, you know, our prayers extend to All of Serbia and beyond. And we pray for the church.
1: Wow. And also to clarify, when you say East and West, what are your uh, definitions of those two words essentially?
2: Okay, West, uh, North America, South America, Europe, uh, East, Asia. This past spring, Jim met a, a pastor from South Korea. And he was uh, sharing that in South Korea, you there are so many Christians, so many very large churches. And at his church, they wanted to somehow bless churches in the West because it was Western missionaries who first brought the gospel to Korea. Mm -hmm. So they talked about, well, maybe we could send missionaries to these churches in the West. But then they thought, but boy, I mean, our people would have to learn the language, learn the culture, it might really not be the best way for us to invest in Western churches. And they especially wanted to connect with Western churches that were really struggling or were new church plants. (laughs) What they decided to do was to offer corporate prayer for churches in the West. They have people in their church who get up at 5 a.m. every morning. And the, 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 and people are given a specific church in the West for which to pray. And they commit to praying, I can't remember if it's an hour, I think it's two hours, from 5 to 7 every morning for that church. And he said, what they have seen happen in these churches is phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Now, when he says a specific church, that means like, like First Presbyterian Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, like that specific, a certain
2: congregation? That's specific. Hmm. They, I don't know how they get connected with these churches in Europe, hmm. but somehow they do, and they form this close relationship and commit to praying. My
1: goodness.
2: What a lesson yeah. for us. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So speaking of learning, let's learn about you and your ministry and what you're learning about prayer in Serbia, where you live. I think we'll start right in by referring to the article that you wrote about prayer. And um, you kind of really did a great job of breaking it down into the kind of the how, where, when and what we pray. What is your thinking about why we pray? especially as trainers of Christian
2: leaders? Well, (laughs) my first thought is because I need to. (laughs) Um, Since moving here to Serbia a little over four years ago, we have been in so many situations where we are in over our heads and uh, we simply don't know what to do. And so we have to go to our knees and that's really good. It drives us to our knees to bring everything before the Lord and to wait on him to direct us. But I don't want my reason for praying to be just about me. (laughs) I also want to pray because I believe it delights the Lord. Uh, When we come to him in prayer, we're acknowledging our dependence on him, our need for him, uh, acknowledging his omniscience and omnipresence, and just how mighty and loving a God he is. I believe that when I pray to God, I'm blessing God. And mm-hmm. I really want to do more of that in my life.
1: Yeah, that's a concept that was new to me a few years ago. We always pray, God bless me or bless my friend. Or, but that we, in turn, are even invited to bless God yeah. is quite mm-hmm. amazing, actually. So in terms of praying then, and the article that you wrote, first you described some of the how we pray. And you talked about something you had learned pretty early on in your time in Serbia about how they pray. Can you describe that for us here?
2: Sure. Um, Yeah, actually, the first week we landed here, we started attending an early Tuesday morning corporate prayer gathering at uh, a church. And uh, it's my first time praying with Serbians. And what struck me right away was how when one person finished praying, another person uh, immediately took up the prayer. Immediately. There was no hesitation. There was no silence for five seconds like we're so accustomed to in the West, or at least I'm accustomed to. and. I didn't know when to jump in, (laughs) and and what the other thing that amazed me was like you know sometimes when we're praying and have in uh, corporately two people will start praying at once, Mm -hmm. and then there's this oh uh, you know you go first and yeah they never had two people starting to pray at the same time never (laughs) to me it was like this smooth flow of the spirit in this time of prayer and, and probably those words aren't even adequate to describe what I was seeing and, and hearing and sensing it, to me it was really such a, a thing of beauty they just were so in tune with one another you know there is the other
1: side of where people talk about silent prayer or listening prayer or um, mm-hmm. do the do the serbians that you know practice that as well or are they comfortable with silence occasionally in prayer times?
2: I have not experienced that in corporate prayer here but I'll be honest I've rarely experienced it in the west either (laughs) in corporate prayer so and um, I know when Jim and I pray we do like to have that time of silent prayer because We'd we'd like to here you know, again have the Spirit direct our prayers, and we just feel that we need to just be silent for a little bit and see what He's leading us to say.
1: There's a good lesson for us, though, in corporate prayer from your Serbian brothers and sisters, though, that somehow so in tune with yeah. the Lord, and as He prays, the Spirit prays through us. The Scriptures say. I think you've actually seen that happening. I love it. What about the the concept of where to pray? You went into that in your article as well. And again, you mm-hmm. had a good story. Loved for you to tell that one. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah, so um, here again, this was a new idea presented to me uh, here in Serbia. Again, the church, one of the churches that we attend regularly, they have a balcony in their church, and when they have events. Uh, people who are not a part of the event will come and sit up in the balcony and pray over this event. And the event then takes place down on the main floor of the sanctuary. And I thought, what a brilliant idea. (laughs) And why had no, uh, in my church in, in the US, Why didn't any of us ever come think up this? Because we had a balcony in our church. (laughs) Um, But I just love that idea. And the Christians who are down below on the main floor hosting the event must find it to be just such a source of encouragement and comfort and a strengthening to know that there are people up above in the balcony, just lifting up them and this event to the Lord. And is that group praying
1: uh, throughout the entire event then? Like from start to finish, they keep going.
2: They do. Mm -hmm. And if the event is weekly, such as an alpha course, which the church presents offers twice a year, they come every week to the alpha course. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. not
1: just a, an occasional thing. It's a very regular thing.
2: Yes, they're, they're committed to praying. And uh, I have to say that, you know, I've, I've experienced Alpha uh, in the U.S. in the past. But there are a number of people who become Christians in every course of Alpha that's offered. Now, can I say it's because of these people praying? I don't know. But I, my, my feeling is, why not pray? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, what do you sense God does with, the, with that fact of those people literally pl- praying on site and simultaneously with an event like that?
2: To me, it's almost like a symphony being offered up to God. You have the people praying and you have the Christians down below in the sanctuary who are teaching or or whatever is happening. And I just think what a, what a beautiful combination of the Bride of Christ coming together. I just believe that God loves this. I think it also sends the message that it, it, we're not trusting in ourselves when we're doing the teaching or the preaching or whatever's going on. We're not trusting in ourselves. We're trusting in God who's hearing the prayers Of the faithful ones up in the balcony
1: even perhaps do you think that the enemy the spiritual warfare and praying that you know showing the spiritual forces that we need business here and the enemy cannot come in he probably would flee because there was so much prayer going on
2: yeah yeah and and he can find no place to steal kill or destroy
1: right right if we're forming that hedge we talk about that or that wrong which is lifting up the name of god
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's a good barrier and a good protection for all the spiritual work going on in events such as that yes in your article you were kind of funny though you said shortly thereafter or sometime later you and jim held an event and you <laughs> forgot or something happened when you didn't have people praying throughout your event uh have you since done something where you did have people praying on site while you did whatever you were doing
2: No, we have not held another event, but the next time, (laughs) trust me, I'm going to have the prayer team wherever the event is held. I'm going to ask people, even if they cannot be there on site, I think being on site is the best. But even if they cannot be on site, just pray, just pray during this time. So that's a little bit of the
1: where and the when. I like the idea of where and the when if we go further into the idea of when, what are some things you're learning about when we might pray?
2: Yeah, so I, here again, I think uh, we Westerners are kind of trained to um, put, put off prayer. Uh, you know, if someone is sharing a, a, a something with me and they'd like prayer, we often say, oh, okay, I'll pray for you about that. And I just thought, why don't we just say, let's pray now? I can think of no reason to delay praying. Let's pray now, and if I remember, I'll pray again later. But at least we have it covered now. And I think the person who is wanting the prayer would find that to be, here again, encouraging, strengthening, just a real blessing that someone is taking the time now just to stop and let's pray. You know, I really think it comes down to a mindset. It's, I, I honestly believe Christians would want to do that, but we just aren't, we haven't trained ourselves <laughs> to do that. And so I think we need to be con- you know, conscious about changing our mindset.
1: And then... You know, there's that concept of um, pray without ceasing, which we always hear mentioned in the Bible. And then let's talk about, well, how on earth does that even, how does that work? What's what's your thinking about pray without ceasing?
2: I mean, for many years, I saw that uh, as a admonition to go throughout the day thinking about the Lord as much as possible listening for the Lord, talking with him, just having a mindset on him. But something uh, happened last fall that kind of gave me uh, another view of Pray Without Ceasing. Uh, Jim and I were over at some friend's house and uh, the husband was talking about uh, a friend of his that he had been praying for every day for two years. This friend is not a believer. And he said, and after two years, my friend is still not a believer and I don't see him getting any closer to God than he was two years ago. And so our friend said, so I, I've stopped praying. I don't know what to pray anymore. I just feel like I'm praying the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So we encouraged him, first of all, not to stop praying. And secondly, pray scripture. You'll never run out of prayers if you pray scripture for this person. And I started to think, you know, that also to me means pray without ceasing. Don't give up, persevere.
1: Well, what about finally, then we get to the, the um, what shall we pray? And you just mentioned pray scripture. Yeah. What are other thoughts you have or what have you learned from? Serbian friends or others about the, the what, the how, the how we pray, what what is the content of our prayers?
2: I would say that's been a big thing for us since in the past few years here, is to uh, just be more um, aware of what we're praying. Um, We just tend to fall into the praying for the physical needs and forgetting to pray for the spiritual needs and um, not and we should pray for the physical needs Uh, where else are we going to go uh if we need a job i mean to whom else am i going to pray except to god for help with the job or if i'm sick or something of that nature but uh, it's so easy for us to pray the physical and kind of neglect the, the spiritual And I mentioned in the article that, um, uh, I think I mentioned, I had read a book this past year by D.A. Carson, uh, Praying with Paul. And uh, he lists like 52 of Paul's prayers in the New Testament. And I went through them to look for the occurrences where Paul prays for something physical. In only, I think it was three of the prayers, could I find something that Paul d- talks about the physical.
1: Mm.
2: Everything else is spiritual. And which, when you, really, when you think about it, the physical one day will burn up. The mm. spiritual lasts forever. Mm. And um, oftentimes, the physical comes about because there's been a spiritual change. And what, what do I mean by that? I'll give you an example. Um, there's a church here who almost every Sunday prays for a decrease or even a removal of the corruption here in Serbia. Uh, there's a lot of corruption in this country uh, and it begins at the top of the government. But they always ask for the physical side of it and not the spiritual. They don't ask God to bring salvation to those who are uh, so corrupt. My belief is that if people who uh, sow the seeds of corruption became Christians, then the corruption is obviously going to decrease. In my mind, the goal is to see salvation come to people uh, more so than to see the corruption decrease. You know, a lot of people talk about
1: prayer meetings that are organ recitals. What are some things you've learned about how to kind of veer away from that kind of a prayer meeting
2: mm-hmm. yeah. or prayer requests? You know, if someone asks for prayer for grandma's kidney stones, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm happy to pray for grandma's kidney stones. But I will also try to pray something spiritual for grandma Mm
1: -hmm.
2: in the prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, And here again, I think it's a change in mindset. The more we uh, try to uh, input spiritual prayers in every, alongside every physical prayer, I think then the more our minds will turn to the spiritual. And here again, I find praying scripture really helps me pray the spiritual for people. You know, I'm, I believe that oftentimes we pray the way that we were mentored to pray mm-hmm. when we were new Christians. So I think that it's going to take time and practice and uh perhaps even baby steps, again, to change this mindset. And as you and Jim are investing in, in churches and church
1: leaders, maybe an aspect of what you're training are, is maybe you're all learning together, new thinking about how to pray to some extent. I mean, I think they're teaching you some things, it sounds like, and maybe vice versa. I'm not sure.
2: Absolutely. That, and that's the beauty of being in the body of Christ and not neglecting meeting together uh, because uh, we do learn from each other. I have learned uh, about prayer just by listening to other people's prayers. Sometimes I'll hear someone pray something and think, oh, well, I've never thought to pray that. So yes, I think that prayer is an ongoing growth uh, or I should say an ongoing growing opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we do need each other. Yes. I mean, for, for instance, this the South Korean pastor. Mm-hmm. I never thought to uh, partner with a specific church that was struggling and pray, pray, pray.
0: What did you learn from Lynn today that you might apply to your own prayer life? Lynn shared her insights, not only during this podcast, but also in an Entrust, Equipping Leaders article called Let's Pray Now, which you can find on our website. We've got links to our site and to Lynn's article in today's show notes. Would you do us the honor of writing a review of this podcast and share it with a friend? And if you missed the previous episode with Anne Graham Lotts about prayer, be sure to go back and listen. Thanks for listening. Keep on praying, and we'll see you next time on Entrust, Equipping Leaders.